You're listening to Save Yourself. Conversations, ideas, and strategic thinking with the four founders of Unlimited Wealth. Join us for discussions, debates, and strategies that have brought them and their clients financial freedom and how you too can break free from traditional boundaries to unlimit your wealth. And welcome again to Save Yourself Podcast brought to you by Unlimited Wealth. I've got Mike Schwally here with me today and I'm Jordan Cole. Excited to be back with you guys again. We're going to talk a little bit today, Mike, about a concept that you know we try to teach our clients all kinds of stuff to to lay a foundation. We're obviously infinite banking focused, and we're you know over these several podcast um, episodes of these you know this first season, our our main objective is to try to lay a foundation of education yep. so that people can come from zero to sixty when it comes to infinite banking. And one of the things. It's a conversation we have called the spender saver. Um, how would you kind of introduce this concept in 30 or 45 seconds? Super excited. My favorite one. This is yeah. the one that uh, this was the aha moment for me when I, as you know, I was a business owner and, uh, and I got taught this strategy and, and just became passionate. But this conversation we're going to have today was the one that really opened my eyes. So really excited to dive right into it. So if, if, if asked to you, I, I'll start with you, Jordan, you know, if, if, if you had this spender saver conversation, as we call it, what in your mind is a spender? What is your mind is a saver? And how, how do you illustrate that to your clients or people you want to educate? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the objective is to simply draw a distinction between the people that are the cash folks out there just, you know, buying normal stuff, right? I don't care if it's an addition on your home, a vehicle, et cetera. We're trying to just draw a distinction between you've got people who are traditionally, I'm going to finance everything I buy and I'm going to build my cash or accumulate it in investments or savings elsewhere. And then you've got the, on the other hand, you've got people who are just, I'm going to use cash because that way I don't have any interest costs or payment. I don't have to worry about all that. And I have control the payments. I control the, the cash flows. I'm not in debt to anybody. There's a freedom in that. And we, we celebrate that. We, we, we echo that same sentiment. But, you know, there was a little bit kind of, I think that there's a there's a different story to be told or maybe a little bit more of unveiling yeah. to try to just kind of lift the curtain and really just kind of dig deep into okay maybe maybe there's not as much difference between those two people as some people think and then maybe there's an, a better way to use money would you want to go into your story and maybe about how you got in, engaged sure. with this topic how you got excited about infinite banking yep. with this concept and then we can kind of play out a little hypothetical example. Yeah. And, and like you, just like many people, I started by reading the book, The Becoming Your Own Banker, the book. And one of the best quotes in that book was, there, there's a, only two ways to purchase something. You can either use cash or you can borrow someone's money. There's a cost either way. And that was, you know, I, I was raised as the cash guy, the, the saver. I was taught by my parents and they, they said to me, you know, save up your money. If you can afford it, pay cash and don't go in debt. And that, that's the way I've always learned. And so I went along with my early adult life, I guess, and lived that. My wife and I were both conservative with our money and we saved up and we bought things with cash as many times as we could. You know, we, we purchased time when we leveraged that. But but for the majority of things, our cars, our, our needs that we had, we, we spent cash in every situation. But luckily, I was introduced to the guys at our firm and they taught me this concept. And what the advisor challenged me to do was bring in five years of my savings account. You know, so my wife and I had about three months of savings built up in a savings account. 
Back then, it was about $36,000. That was our emergency fund. It was about $36,000. And I remember these numbers because he laid them out right in front of me on a whiteboard. And he said, okay, you, you started with about 36000 and change. And um, this was back, I guess, 2012, 2010, really. And then fast forwarded, and we looked at five years later. And so we looked at this spectrum. And at the beginning, we were around 36000 And at the end, we were around 37000 And this is over how many years? This is over a five-year okay, span. Okay, five years. Yep, Got five-year span. He made me bring in my my, my account statements um, from the bank. And, and, and we looked through them. Well, we broke it down. And we looked at all the larger purchases. We didn't look at any of the little dollars, but we were saving a pretty good amount. You know, for at that time, we felt like we were saving about six, seven hundred dollars a month. Sometimes some good, some bad months, but on average, we were saving money into that account. But what I noticed, and what he noticed when he whiteboarded it for me, is that every time we got above that thirty-six thousand dollar line in the forty forty-five range. We had a purchase that we made, mm-hmm. and we spent cash. You know, whether it was put a new deck on the house, renovating the kitchen. Both my kids needed braces. You know, my wife and I had perfect teeth, but our kids both needed braces. Go figure. You know, we, vacations to Disney, and as you know, Mickey will get in your pocket. You know, and and cars, all the different things in life. And and he basically laid it out for us. And in that time period, there's about eighty seven thousand dollars that ran through that system. During that five-year okay. period, so so you can imagine, we started with mm-hmm. thirty-six, we ended with thirty-six, but right. through that time, that eighty-seven thousand, it, it was just stuff. We owned it, we controlled it. Nobody, I didn't owe anybody anything for that those purchases yeah. that I made. Yeah. No debt, but, right? That's right, no debt. That's what I was taught. That's sure. what we're a lot of us are taught. Okay, um, and so that's when the advisor sat me and said, "What if there's a better way? What if I could show you that if we started here?" And we would have flowed that money through an infinite banking, properly structured whole life policy and still had the same exact cash flows, made the same purchases, worked the same amount, didn't save any more aggressively and did the same thing we over that five year period. Where would we have been and allowed that 36 that we started with to continuously compound for that five year period? Well, the answer was it was at around seventy eight thousand dollars. So instead of five years later. Being at thirty six, we were at seventy eight and change in that without account. changing anything. Without changing okay. anything, that same eighty seven thousand wow. went through the system. We still bought the same things. We still purchased them with cash, but instead of cash, we used leverage, as we know, and in inside the the policy. And if we would have done that, we would have been in a better place. Well, that was that was eye opening to an extent, right? Okay, but that's when I was uh, yeah how late late twenties, going you know uh, to my early thirties, and so. You know, so about uh, 14 years, I got to do some math, but about to age 33, 34. And so um, so when we looked at that timeline, you know, that that was a big difference, you know, that $30,000, $40,000 difference in what our account value could have been. But then he projected what at age 65. Mm-hmm. And that number was in the 800000 range. <laughs> wow. I mean, so if we continued on that same <laughs> spectrum for everybody else, if I never ran into him, I'd still be doing the same thing today probably. You know, saving mm-hmm. up, spending cash. Sure. But from that day is when I put my stake in the ground and said, okay, I'm, I'm getting started. So l- let me ask you this, and then we can, we can move on. But, you know, when you meet with people, right, do, do they ever, just upon just back and forth conversation, do they ever, ever consider their cash they have, checking, savings, et cetera, as an asset? 
Not really. Just a means, right? Right. Yeah. Just a hmm. just a matter of exchange that they're gonna they're gonna save up. They, we've all got power bills and light bills and do things like that. But I mean, think of all the the five, the ten, the the thirty, the fifty thousand dollar purchases you're gonna make in your lifetime. What if you could capitalize on that? And that's what Stuart, you know, mentioned to me, my advisor, and he he taught me that and said, you're not gonna stop spending money. That's not gonna come to an end. But what if we could turn that that operating account, your checking account, your savings account, what if we could turn that into an asset over the long mm. haul? That's when that's when I Yeah, me. this this is really good concept. I love that. And I I was very similar in that same, you know, um, excitement that I that I got and conviction that I got from that same concept. So I I, sh- I echo that that same sentiment. So let's let's kind of play this out a little bit more mm-hmm. for the people that are listening. So if let's say we're you know you let, let's go to your example you have fifty thousand dollars in your account mm-hmm. in your savings and you want to go and buy a thirty thousand dollar car yeah right Do I have want, two options right yeah I, I could either pull thirty thousand out of that okay. account go down to twenty own that car control it nobody I don't owe anybody I can drive as long as I want but what do I got to start doing I got to start refilling my bucket to get back up because yeah. that car at some point five eight yeah. ten years down the road. It's gonna well for you. It's either yours or your wife's or yeah. your, one of your daughters. One of my daughters. Yeah. 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 So I'm you're buying more a lot like, of cars these days. You're probably about four every ten years. <laughs> That's right. So I got to keep filling the bucket quickly. But um, but yeah, you're right. I, I you have to build up for that next purchase okay. or, or whatever. Murphy comes along and you got to you know replace an air conditioning unit and you got to dip into that savings mm-hmm. bucket. Murphy's again. law. Yeah. That's right. If we understand that, then th- that's one way to do it. Well, the other option is I could have left my fifty thousand residing in that account, continuing to earn, and I could have gone and borrowed that thirty thousand for that vehicle. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, who's in control of that deal? Well, the bank's going to give you a note and they're going to tell you the interest, uh, yeah, interest payment and yeah. interest amount and, yeah. and and how long and the amortization schedule and all that stuff right? right yeah and if i and and, and i'm on this five years three years seven year plan some whatever that you decide yeah and i've got to make that payment every single month if sure. i if i missed one or two of those payments mm-hmm. what are they going to do they're going to come, come get, get that car yeah. right now on on the other end back to the cash guy you're not forced to put in your savings. You you need to. You need to be a good steward and fill back up your savings v- bucket so you can borrow from it or use it again. So there there's there's a cost, but but that's where that's where we get down to it. I, it. If you're a saver, a lot of people don't think there's any cost to access your capital. And it, to go back to my example, that cost for me was that difference, that forty thousand dollar difference, in not letting that money compound. You know, it, but we don't see that on a statement every month from the bank. Yeah, so that would be considered hidden interest, basically, or, or opportunity cost, right, right? right? So Nelson talks about that a lot, and, and we've we educate clients on this a lot. And I, I usually tell people, I say, this is probably something you haven't heard since maybe econ in, in high school, college, maybe. That's right. The idea of opportunity costs because it's it's kind of one of these just kind of made up, seemingly made up metrics to use to to measure something ambiguous, but. When when you highlight it for a client and you say, well, here's money you could have, you know, like Nelson said, he said you either you pay you pay interest either way, yep. right? Yep. You either pay interest to somebody else for their money and the use of their money, and you lose control of of the capital, like you said in the bank's example. If I buy the car from the bank, mm-hmm. or I give up opportunity or interest I could have earned somewhere else by using my own cash yeah. like you did in your example where you're going and deploying thousands and thousands of dollars over a five-year period and 
assuming you had that in an infinite banking policy or assuming let's assume you had that your savings account just for example was getting five percent or ten percent even mm-hmm. well couldn't you actually mathematically calculate how much that would have cost you if you would have removed that money from that account and gone and built a deck and gone to Disney World and bought a car? Yeah, you can physically put those dollar amounts in and see what it could have earned for you over the long haul if you never if you left it alone, if you didn't have life happen. But life does happen and it's going to happen. And there's only two options. Mm-hmm. You either pay cash or you you borrow. Okay. And mathematically we can show our clients which of those two might work in a certain situation. And then we can overlay what if this other, the the wealth creation strategy or infinite banking that we, we're going to show clients, what if we overlay that strategy on top of those same cash flows? Mm-hmm. And that's when the light bulbs go off. Okay. It's one of the best best things that we do is when we have that moment with the client that, that says, don't change what you're doing. Don't work any harder. Don't take any more risk. Don't pay any more taxes we can use a vehicle and a process inside of a product that will allow you to compound and never stop, never interrupt that, that growth of your money. So you're saying if I'm listening at home or in the car now, and I'm just kind of like discovering infinite banking for the first time. And I said, Hey, it, you know, I could work with you. I could call you guys and say, show me, this is my savings. This is our business cash flow. This is how I pay my tax. You basically find any cash flow you want, right? Yeah. yeah. This is how much money is coming in and out of our account. Again, nobody considers that an asset class, as you said, is only a means to an end, yeah. right? I could show you that, and then you could overlay that with basically, okay, here's what you're doing. Let me not change anything about your inputs or outputs, but just show you what it would have done in an infinite banking strategy or what could do. And then basically just show me the two options. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're going to take, uh, your, what your, what your habits are now. And we want to, we want to mimic that inside of what we're doing with the policy. And, and that's the creation And and during that conversation, rarely does death benefit come up or life insurance in that conversation. We're just talking dollars and cents. We're just building this out based on your current habits, your current savings amount, your current cash flows, what your expenditures are, what your goals are, maybe future purchases that you might be making, future investments you might be making. We have to reside money somewhere. That's all we're going to do is in a more efficient vehicle that we can access and use that's never going to stop compounding while we use it. Having our dollar work in two places simultaneously, not a bad concept. Yeah, so that's what makes it an asset, that's right? What, is, is, right? Is actually seeing, like looking on paper and saying, there's another force here at work other than a dollar in, a dollar out, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that, that's how you can build it. And obviously, the tax the tax advantages and, and some of the other benefits of life insurance in general, that's where you start to actually look at this a different way than just normal cash in a savings account. That's right. Yep. And and there's there it's a cash flow either way. Either I'm paying it to somebody that I borrowed from or a cash flow that I'm paying myself back. Everybody hears in life in infinite banking when we talk about it. Oh, I've got to borrow money from myself. Is that crazy? Well, no. Actually, your money resides and stays safe, guarded, tax advantaged inside the policy. We're leveraging the dollar. They're they're collateralizing our dollar. So, in your example, fifty thousand dollars in the account. I want to go buy a thirty thousand dollar car. I'm going to leverage the thirty thousand dollars. The insurance company is going to give me that money and charge me interest for that money. Mm-hmm. It's a fixed rate. Typically, we we have policies in the 4% range that are fixed for life, not a bad access to capital there, right? But our dollar is continuing to compound each and every year. And we can show clients mathematically 
how if that 50000 continues to earn mm-hmm. and we're paying ourselves back on that 30 just like we would in a savings account or just like we would if we would have borrowed it from a yeah. bank, the, the dollars are going to grow and compound high at a higher rate, and we're going to win in that game. Yeah. yeah. I think you know the, the other last piece, and we can try to wrap it up here in a second, would be you know infinite banking kind of is a third layer of this or kind of a third option. And when we approach these people – these business owners, these clients that we work with, or either you know real estate investors or W two people, all of them usually are kind of surprised to know that hey, you may be a spender, you may be a saver, but maybe there's a maybe there's a better way, there's a third way of of this that doesn't that doesn't you know put you in a you know it doesn't cost you anything, doesn't put you in a worse spot. In fact. It's going to be the exact same cash flow, exact same outlay, out you know, outflow, and inputs, but it's going to enhance your overall return on your money. Taking something you never would have considered an asset and turning it into an asset is that is that about right? That's exactly right. We're we're taking dollars that you used to just use for everyday expense, everyday purchases, or other investments that you were going to make. A lot of times we'll sit down with the client and and they do their overall expenditures, but then they realize, oh, well, I'm holding on to this capital over here because I got to make that big investment in the future, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a new a new vehicle or a new a, a new piece of equipment for their business, you know, if, if it, or a real estate investment that I everybody wants to build passive income and they're waiting and they, they've got this other money and they realize, oh, well, you're saying I can just move that into here as well on top of my normal cash flows and and we just now we just created more of a pool of capital to choose from? Absolutely. We're mm-hmm. we're just gonna and we find money in different places and and we all have them. And the beauty of the concept too is a lot of people hear whole life and they hear, oh well, I'm I'm locking myself in for whatever amount you say. There's tons of flexibility in these in these products that we design and 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 people don't see that until we sit down with them. But the the design of it is so much fun, but the the application and the implementation is what really drives the ship here. Yeah, yeah. really good. I appreciate you sharing your story and how you're passionate and really how you kind of got your start. This was the, the flame that kind of lit the fuse for you on your journey, and uh, hopefully this is this is helpful for just breaking down this distinction between the sprint, the spender, the and the saver, and and how to create an asset class out of something we never thought we could. So we'll uh, we'll get together with you guys next time. This has been episode six, Save Yourself Podcast, brought to you by Unlimit Wealth. Thanks, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to Save Yourself. Conversations, ideas, and strategic thinking with the four founders of Unlimit Wealth. To learn more about Unlimit Wealth or to make a personal appointment, visit us online at unlimitwealth.com. <laughs>